The Nordic countries have the world's healthiest cows, supported by high production and the lowest use of antibiotics and hormones. Since the 1980s, they have focused on balancing health with production traits. The goal? Breeding long-lasting cows that make dairy farming more profitable and easier. So how can dairy farmers effectively breed for health to improve fertility, longevity and production? And how can better animal welfare improve your herd's efficiency and profits? To take a deep dive into the importance of naturally healthy cattle and get management tips for improving animal welfare, we invited two expert vets to share their experience and insights on the value of breeding healthy dairy cows. Peter Raundel, Senior Specialist and Vet Team Leader at Segas Innovation, who is joining us online, and Kasper Werner Johansson, Supervising Vet at Viking Genetics. This is a Breedcast produced by Viking Genetics. I'm your host, Tomas de la Rosa. Hello and welcome, Peter, Kasper. Thank you for joining us today. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. Peter, let's start with you. Tell us about your experience as a farming vet and a cattle health specialist. Well, yes, uh, thanks, um, Thomas. I'm uh, I'm a vet. Yeah, I'm graduated from the University of Copenhagen in 1996. <clears throat> Went to mixed practice in the beginning, and then turned more more and more into to cattle practice. Um, I left the the practice work in uh, 2008 and joined the Danish Dairy Board, working with uh, some uh, health uh, programs we had uh, still have, uh, uh, eradicating Salmonella uh, Dublin from the from the herds and also our program for controlling Jonas disease. Um, but in 2011, I started a PhD um, in uh, lameness in cattle uh, and pain related to lameness. And since 2014, I've been at Segus um, working with uh, cattle health and, uh, and uh, welfare. Um, and recently I, I became a team leader for, for the vets uh, working with cattle at Segus. So that's my that's my background. And Casper, you have a slightly different background. Fascinating, shall I say? You also work at Ranes Reinsko, which is a tropical zoo here in Denmark. How has it influenced your your expertise in animal welfare? I don't know if it has uh, any influence on my expertise regarding animal welfare, but uh, I also have a background in a mixed practice, like Peter and. Uh, no matter if you work with uh, dairy cows or dogs or cats or, or hyenas in zoo, uh, animal welfare is uh, basically the same. Now, to get started, let's get straight to the point. Why is cattle health critical for a thriving dairy business, Peter? Uh, it's, um, I think it's very important uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, firstly, the cattle health also is a big part of, of being healthy is a big part of uh, of animal welfare. A sick animal is is having a bad welfare, so to speak. So, so have a good health in the herd is also a part of the good uh, welfare. And welfare is a major concern for the consumers. Um, they want the the animals that produce the milk for dairy products to to be uh, to have a good life. Actually, so uh, so welfare is of, of high concern. But it, it also for the farmers, it's. Uh, they, they they also like to to work with uh, healthy healthy animals that uh, that are, are are having a good life so to speak so so also the farmers do concern do have concerns about their the, the welfare of the animals but also the production economy is uh, very much dependent on on health and and also 
on, on welfare. So it's it, it's very important in, in several aspects. On several aspects, yeah. Casper. Yeah, well, that's uh, true. Uh, I've never met a person who didn't uh, believe in the fact that animal welfare matters. Uh, but animal welfare, I think, is also a um, is a subjective size uh, because what is animal welfare? And and I believe that the free freedom uh, is, a, is a good aspect of uh, seeing the, the animal welfare. And it says that uh, the animal is uh, has to be uh, free from hunger, thirst, fear, distress, physical discomfort, pain, disease, and freedom to express a normal pattern of behavior. And and the challenge in this is that it's, it can be difficult to uh, have an animal that is behaving naturally, but are still in the in the care of, of of humans. So the human have to 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 take take that into account, uh, because uh, in in the wild you have animals that is not there. They they are experiencing hunger and fear. Uh, so 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 where when is when do you have to 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 say it's uh, need to have food. Uh, Two days a time, a day, two times a day, uh, seven days a week, three sixty-five. That is not a natural uh, way to to express uh, your behavior as an animal, at least. So, so it is funny, I think. But as I say, in in the dairy, it, uh, we have um, legislations uh, regarding um, animal welfare and animal health, and it is the same if it is uh, in zoo animals or it is in, in dairy cows. Now, Nordic cattle breeding data shows us that breeding for health pays off in, in the long term as the cows are in production for longer. What does longevity, a longer life, means for a, for the, a farm's profits and animal welfare? Peter? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite important because um, the first around two years uh, in production for, for, uh, for a cow... Um, a newly calf, calf and cow. The first two years in, in production actually just pay off, uh, pay, pays the the bill for for raising that cow uh, from it was born as a as a calf uh, until the uh, the time of um, of uh, of calving um, and starting milk production. So so production. So the first uh, among two years they, <clears throat> they just pay the bill, so to speak. And so, so it's it's after the first two years in production that the farmers actually get a profit from that animal. Um, so uh, longevity should be at least two years <laughs> of in production, uh, and and hopefully longer because um, it's still expensive to raise a heifer. Um, it takes around two years from from small calf to uh, to, to it, it it calf by itself. So so it's uh, it's it's costly, but it also um in the um in the topic of of climate uh and and um and and uh, um, uh, carbon dioxide uh, pressure <clears throat> the the calf also have um the, the racing period the two years of racing uh, a, a new heifer is is also uh, um is, they also produce uh, carbon dioxide and methane so so in the climate uh, budget you could say it's also important that the production afterwards needs to be as long as possible to cover up for for the cost of, on the climate uh, for for producing a, a, a new heifer just to give some perspective to uh, to our listeners do you know what the average cow longevity is here in denmark it's something about uh, around 2.7 2.8 lactations so the first two lactations is just paying the bill uh, and then there's uh, 
on average uh, 0 0.7, 0 0.8 lactation to uh, to to uh, to actually gain profit for the farmer. But there's a very huge difference. Some uh, some cows only have one lactation, and some have five, six, or even seven or more lactations. So uh, there's a, a huge variation within the farm and also between farms. And speaking uh, about profits, high milk and solids production, they are naturally the most sought after traits, but good health and management, they can also significantly impact a cow's output. Uh, how can improving animal welfare directly result in a better quality of milk? Well, it's uh, it, many of the diseases um, not do not directly also the uh, the content of solids in milk it's not that much as it's 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 very difficult to um to to affect for instance the content of protein in the milk uh, the content of fat is uh, is more reliable or or on the um or are more affected on the health status of the cow especially when we talk about the diseases of the metabolism um but uh, and also, of course, the milk quality itself is very dependent on on um, on other health. Um, that's for sure. But uh, but the the content of the milk is um, is is hard to influence by by uh, by having a, a um, it's more influence of feeding, for instance. So, but it's important to have healthy cows to have a high production, and that's that's where the the main issue is when we're talking about diseases and and uh, and welfare. That's uh, keeping a high milk yield from from the cows, and and diseased animals does not give high uh, give a lot of milk. So that's the main problem. Casper, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, um, healthy cow, they they live longer. Uh, and they for they produce more milk and uh, it's good for the farm uh, profitability but on the other hand you cannot say at least uh, that's my opinion that longevity equals better welfare it uh, it depends on how the animals are managed by the by the farmer um, but, but we also have regarding the, the milk uh, quality uh, there are many factors as peter says that's uh, influencing it i think and and uh, genetic factors does also have a, a big uh, influence on, on the milk quality Casper, how do we ensure here at viking genetics that our bulls have healthy semen production yeah, as I just mentioned that the legislation we are under the same legislation as the dairy farmers, uh, so 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 we have these uh, uh, direction to to follow at least. But uh, we are having uh, the animals in a quite a different way than than the dairy farmers. We we get a lot of bulls from all over the, the country and in other other countries. So we we collecting a lot of old calves uh, from from different farms. So, so we have a, it's a bad standing. Uh, uh, way to start uh, the, the life because we have a lot of uh, sickness coming in. So, so what we are trying is to 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 keep the the calves in in small groups. Uh, we of course have tested them out at the farm, and when they come in, we test them again. We vaccinate them against uh, BSV and uh, uh, ringworm, and then uh, we measure the calves every fourth week. I measure the the calves, so we follow their weight gain to see if uh, they are. Uh, being uh, eating what they need to eat, so they are they are healthy, and then we also keep them in, in in small groups in the beginning, and then when we're taking them from the quarantine to to the other barn, we uh, we have them in big uh, big um, uh, groups of, of calves, 
because that is uh, they are social animals and they they need to to be in groups. That is uh, the now the normal uh, behavior. So so that we we, we do and we st- we still uh, measure them until they are fourteen months. And uh, of course, uh, we don't need the, the the bulls to to produce as a, a dairy cow. So so we also need to to keep the body condition in 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 form. So we don't need them too fat. We don't need them too skinny. So we uh, primarily use grass insulates. Uh, don't know corn because that's the main focus. Because we have some of the big bulls. So they are not meant to be with other bulls. At least some of them have some temper. So so. They're going uh, by themselves, and uh, it can when they only eat and come up and do the collection uh, two times a, a week. We, we couldn't have an issue regarding the the size of the animal. They're getting too fat. So we have also made a, an outdoor facility where we can get the bulls out and they can have some big tires and 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 move around with them and and, and use some energy. Otherwise, we have uh, a lot of I have a lot of good colleagues in the barn that is uh, keeping an eye on, on the bulls every day, 365. And um, if there is anything that's not as it is should be, uh, they call the vet. Uh, and we also use, they can use an extern vet to to see the animals. So we do the hoof trimming three to four times a year, and uh, in general, just uh, yeah, taking good care of of the bulls. A very good rundown of how we take care of our bulls here at Viking Genetics, and we'll get further into management of dairy cows later on in the episode. Peter, in the subject of semen production, cattle health also affects fertility. Why and how does this happen? Well, uh, diseases uh, in in dairy cows does affect the the fertility. Um, Diseases produces um, some substances that impairs the uh, uh, reproduction uh, cycle impairs the uh, the hormones of the reproductive cycle. For instance, uh, uh, lameness that's a, that's a good example because uh, it's it's affect the fertility in in, in several ways. Um, the pain connected to to lameness itself itself uh, impairs actually the uh, hormone cycle of the uh, reproduction uh, cycle in, in in cows, and also it impairs the um, the feed intake. Um, Creating a, a negative energy balance, and that also impairs the uh, the fertility of the cows. And 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 more, you could say more simply, the the pain in the hooves, uh, and it's especially especially in the rear uh, legs um, where the, uh, the the hoof lesions are located. Uh, well, it, it also uh, makes the cows reluctant to to uh, to mount other cows, and also. Um, make them reluctant to accept mounting from other cows. So the farmers does not see the, uh, the heat um, because they are, they are more quiet and, and less active. So in, in several ways, it impairs the fertility. Also, of course, if you have uterine infections, that's creating a, a bad environment for the uh, fertilized egg. Uh, so, so that also makes a higher rate of um, of, uh, of, uh, of fetal death. Um, so, so in several ways, ways it uh, it affects the fertility of, of cows when the bull is sick it's uh, it might have a fever and that's a, a bad thing for for semen production a high temperature in, in the body so so in in terms of bulls that will have been sick is also uh, leading to impaired fertility and suppose our listeners want to learn more about innovative nordic dairy farming and breeding in that case we have an episode of the breedcast featuring the owner of alas innovation farm in denmark and two farming innovation experts, which I think you guys should listen to. 
We've discussed why good herd health is so critical for dairy farmers. Now, I'd like to tap into your experiences with Nordic cattle and talk about the relationship between health and genetics. What are some common health issues which farmers can address by using the right genetics, Peter? Well, they, <clears throat> I think they have to be in very good uh, collaboration with their breeding uh, advisors um, and have a, a breeding plan um, where they can put more uh, weight on, on the health issues. Um, um, but that's up to, the, that's a decision that the farmer should, uh, should take uh, based on the advice from the uh, breeding advisor. And I guess we, at least in Denmark, has, has a very good system where, where farmers can get advice and, and have a breeding plan for his own farm. Um, and by that, he can, over the years, uh, have a, a better, you can say, a, a better a, a better genetic uh, pool in his, uh, in his uh, dairy herd uh, that also have a, a, a better merit for, for health. Kasper? Yeah, um, I think it's a good idea to 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 look into the genetics. Uh, that's for sure. Um, we have uh, other health and uh, hoof health uh, breeding uh, values, so that uh, for sure would uh, uh, reduce the the frequency of mastitis or, or hoof disorders. Uh, but but as mentioned before, it's, it doesn't stand alone. It's a good um, basic point to have uh, the genetic. But uh, it's also the, the management that uh, needs to be in, in the right place uh, regarding both uh, milking, uh, sorry, mastitis and uh, hoof uh, disorders. <clears throat> also, <clears throat> a comment on, on the uh, of the recording um, we have in in the Nordic countries. Uh, we are recording a lot of uh, diseases, uh, lameness, or sorry, not lameness, but uh, hoof diseases, mastitis, and and everything. So we have a lot of data to get into the uh, Nordic um, uh, breeding programs. And, and I guess that's, the, um, that's one of the strong or, or good things about the, the Nordic breeding system, that uh, we have a lot of data uh, on, on health to, uh, to, to, uh, to provide uh, a, a more, you can say, a more uh, a, a breeding index that take, take health uh, into care. Uh, and since we speak about all all of this data that we have in the Nordic Total Merit Index in the the NTM, a farmer's choice of breed can greatly affect animal welfare. As some, for example, the red dairy cattle, the Viking Red, they've been bred for health traits more than others. Why is choosing a naturally healthy breed so beneficial, Peter? It's uh, it's uh, in my in my view, it's about creating a robust robust uh, cow. Um, because it's in a in a, an environment where they have uh, high production and therefore also high demands on uh, on on feed and uh, access to to comfortable beds um, access to water um, but still it's a, it's an environment where they need to produce a lot of milk every day <clears throat> so that's also making them more prone to to get uh, to get a disease, uh, to get lame or to get mastitis or other diseases. <clears throat> so it's important to have uh, a cow that is uh, more resilient, you can say, uh, so they can um, deal with all the exposure of uh, bacteria or exposure from uh, from the hard surface of the of the alleys and so on. Um, so um, it it 
it can better cope with the environment that uh, are in the uh, in the in the stables. The uh, yeah, so so that's why that's one of the reasons why it's important to have um, to to breed for better health. Casper, yeah, it's true. Um, it, it is important, and uh, um, I think also we have to to mention the the crossbreeding. Uh, Uh, because we have uh, at least at the Holstein some some dairy cattle that are, are having a high production of milk and and uh, they are uh, prone to to be uh, to 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 be in uh, what I call it uh, the the heat stress at least and some of the Holstein are, are very they're more prone to to be to be uh, uh, affected by by heat and, and also Holstein are more receptive for digital dermatitis so so when you take some of the naturally healthy cow and and you crossbreed them with the, the Holstein that is a, a high producing dairy cow that, that is uh, that's a, a good way to do it in my opinion because you, you take uh, some of the best from both races and and put them together and a crossbreed uh, that is more uh, Uh, just uh, working, uh, functioning better in, in our system. And of course, uh, if you are in in, in climate so a bit uh, a tropical climate with with high humidity and and warm, that is uh, maybe not the best place for a Holstein cow. Uh, you have to to be aware of of other breeds to 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 crossbreed with. Yes. Over some of the genetic trends that have come up over the last few years, pole genetics uh, it's increasingly becoming a focus when talking about animal welfare. What are the benefits of pole genetics? Peter? Yeah, um, in Denmark it's mandatory to to use anesthetics before you uh, uh, you dispot or dis- dehorn uh, a calf. Um, it 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 is also strong, strongly recommended to to use painkillers. Um, uh, but still, um, you are by using hot iron uh, despotting or, or dehorning, um, you are creating a, a third degree of burn. Um, a, Two, two places in in the in the skull, so so there will be pain, um, despite you using both anesthetics and painkillers. Uh, the, the calf will feel pain afterwards. So using pulled uh, bulls uh, or, or bulls that create pulled uh, uh, pulled calves will will uh, definitely improve their welfare because it's not necessary to to use the uh, the hot iron the spotting. So so yeah, that'll be beneficial for for the calf definitely. Casper, yeah, true, and and now we have the the genetic where the heterozygote bulls uh, bulls are at least at the same genetic level as the best AI bulls on the market. So so that is uh, the way to go, I believe. And our listeners can also have a more profitable, trouble-free dairy herd with world-class Nordic genetics. To discover what Viking genetics breeding bulls are available, please visit vikinggenetics.com and browse a selection of Holstein, Jersey, Red, and Beef bulls. We've discussed what steps and improvements dairy farmers can make to get the most out of their herds. Now, let's talk about management and what farmers can do to optimize and improve their health and welfare in their farms. As we've been speaking all throughout in the Nordic countries, we have a huge emphasis on animal welfare, health and food safety. What makes our practices stand out globally, Peter? I think uh, one of the... There's there's several things... Um, We have quite new barns actually in Denmark. Um, most of our cows, and it's about, it's more than 95 
percent or so of the cows are in in free stalls. Um, relative new buildings. Uh, we have had uh, recommendations of, of building uh, stables that take welfare into account. We have uh, very detailed uh, legislation. Uh, for instance, it's forbidden to have uh, a stocking rate more than one cow per bed, uh, and and um, and the cows should also have at least eight square meters of um, of area. So so it's. Um, we have a lot of uh, detailed legislation also um and and i guess that's uh, that's one of the uh, good thing uh, about uh, the milk production in in denmark that uh, we have a high standard for welfare i guess Compa- also compared to other countries Kasper? Yeah, uh, true. Um, but we also have uh, in, in Denmark a so-called uh, veterinarian advisor service contract with uh, with farmers having cow, uh, more than 100 cows. You can also do it on a voluntary basis if you, if you have less than 100 cows. But 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 the, but the fact is that when you are putting the farmer and the veterinarian in this case together uh, with, with this uh, uh, contract, uh, the, for the first for the farmer, it's uh, he has the uh, uh, he has medicine available on his uh, stock, uh, and he can s- treat specific diseases. Uh, that is, uh, in a in a uh, what do you call it? You can work together with the with the veterinarian, and uh, but also having the focus on um, improving the animal welfare and welfare and preventing and controlling diseases. I believe it's um, as a major uh, step in 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 Denmark or the North countries at least. Uh, well, the the farmer have uh, frequent visits uh, uh, from the veterinarian, and together they make uh, health plans uh, regarding the yeah preventive or, or, or the treating or, or the animal welfare. So, so that that is uh, a good thing that they work together to uh, to achieving the goals on the farm. I think that's a, a very good uh, uh, thing in in Denmark, and, and that is also I think that, that uh, what do you call it? You can call it the the result is also uh, pretty obviously now uh, you can see that we have a decrease in the antibiotics uh, during the last decade uh, for I believe uh, Peter can correct me but twenty percent decrease in antibiotics, and uh, this year in January this year we had a historical low cell uh, count for the uh, average cell uh, count for one hundred sixty five thousand. And so, so we are on the right track, that's for sure. Now let's dive into some management tips for for our listeners. Why is good management so important, and how does it complement genetic factors, Peter? Yeah, um, it's uh, it's very important. Good management is, I guess, it's the most important thing. Uh, keeping healthy cattle in in uh, in our production. Um, I want to focus on the transition period from about about three weeks before calving and three or four weeks after calving. That's a very very crucial time, crucial time for for the cow. So I think we need to have more focus on the on the heifers, the first calving heifers, um, the first at, at first calving uh, and the uh, the weeks afterwards. Um, and and when we when I say focus, it, it's it's also how we uh, how we house them, um, how we manage them. Um, how the uh, how we uh, house them after calving. Um, if they are put in together with old cows, um, they are in high competition for getting to the feeding table, getting um, a comfortable, getting to a comfortable bed, uh, getting to the drinking uh, water throw. So um, and and they can meet a lot of barriers because they they, they meet 
dominant cows that can keep them away from uh, from the feeding table, for instance, and they need to go to the feeding table quite often. Um, so, so the heifers, or the first calving cows, are, are very much prone for for getting uh, diseases, and some of the things you actually don't see until it comes to the uh, second lactation or maybe even third lactation. But but some of the um, some of the damage, and now I'm talking about the uh, the, the lameness or, or, or hoof, some some hoof lesions are actually created around first calving, although we first see the actual disease in the second or third lactation. So we need to focus more on the on the first calving cows, I guess. Um, and the other thing is that it's very very important. That's um, in the UK they have this uh, abbreviation. They call it EDPET. It stands for Early Detection and Prompt Effective Treatment. And they created it, it again um, when they talked about hoof health. But it's actually in general, I guess. So the farmer and the the staff at the farm needs to be very very aware of. Uh, Actually, each cow, although there may be 500, uh, 800 cows in the herd, they need to have focus still on, on each cow so they can they can spot the cows that are getting sick because otherwise it will be in the herd maybe for a couple of days before you realize that it's getting sick and then it's just very, very difficult to, uh, to help the cow. When it's mastitis, you actually see it right away because you are milking the cows two, two or three times a day. Um, but when you talk about all the diseases, it might be difficult to spot them in the in the herd. Um, so the staff has to be educated. They have to know what they should be looking for. It's not only lameness, but it's a variety of other uh, expressions that you can actually see on the cow um, that is indicating that this cow is uh, is more or less in, in getting into some kind of uh, of a sick sickness. So, and then they need to know what to do. Uh, should they call the farmer or should they separate the cow immediately or at next milking or what should they do? And then they need to take care of that cow. Um, I think that's a ma major issue in, in in large herds today that um, that the time looking at each cow is, is very, very small or, or very, very, um, yeah, it's a, the, the farmer has very, very little time to, to look at, uh, at one single cow and, and therefore they they are often overseen if they start uh, uh, if they are getting into a sick if they are getting sick so they are overseen for a, a couple of days maybe a very detailed rundown of things farmers should focus on now throughout this discussion one big focus when it comes to management has been ultimately the impact uh, of mastitis as i mentioned early on in the episode in the nordic countries we have the world's lowest use of antibiotics what can farmers do to improve the, the herd's mastitis resistance and maintain their performance? Peter? It's, it's, uh, when it comes to mastitis, it's, uh, it's also uh, very much rely on good management. Uh, good management in the herd, have clean cows, um, and also uh, keeping off up the uh, milking proce procedures that should be uh, on the top level. Um, they, have, they should have a very... Um, uh, what you would say, skilled uh, milkers uh, that they are that are ed educated in in the milking procedure and they should have a, a milking procedure scheme that it should be a way of of of, of doing milking uh, in in the herd um, and also keeping a low infection pressure is very very important so clean cows in the barn uh, are clean cows in the milking parlor uh, but also uh, have a 
as few infected cows as possible. And that could be a hard time to get to have very few um, infected cows. But when a farm is there, there's a, a lower infection pressure on all cows. So it, it helps them keeping a good uh, other health. Um, the milk procedure is very important, uh, pre-dip and, and, and definitely post-dip. Um, milking clean tits is also uh, very, very important. Um, and also a dry-off uh, scheme. Um, so you try to focus the use of antibiotics at dry-off instead of using um, it to treat uh, new cases of mastitis in the lactation because it's, it's there's a higher rate of success when you're using treatment at dry-off uh, instead of using it in lactation. Of course, if a cow gets sick of mastitis, you have to, to take care of it. Um, but you need, as a farmer, you need to decide, is this a case that you need to treat right away? Could I take a milk sample and wait uh, until I have the result of the milk sample, then decide if it's if, if I had to treat it or not, or, or should I not treat it at all? Um, so the farmer should get uh, into a dialogue with his vet and, and they should have a, a, a mastitis treatment scheme uh, and, and a plan for that. Uh, and the milkers should be very aware of the, the scheme so they know, knew exactly, know exactly what to do when they see a, a cow with, uh, with, with have uh, signs of mastitis. Kasper? Yeah, um, it is um, a bit, a bit uh, difficult to to make an overall generalization of how to prevent hoof uh, or, or mastitis in in the farms because what worked in my one farm might not work in another farm. That at least what I've learned in my uh, ten years in in, in dairy practice. Uh, but but also as you Peter mentioned, uh, taking. Uh, The, the veterinarian to to uh, to the problem and uh, also taking um, milk technicians uh, or AI technicians uh, taking some of the people who is uh, having their uh, dealing with the the their farm animals and, and take them into to consultants regarding uh, what uh, we can do with uh, the, the problems we want to to have solved so so reach out that is uh, one of my uh, yeah The cornerstone is to reach out to to people. There are many people around the farm that, uh, at least in Denmark, that's what I know, will are willing to 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 help, and uh, they are putting an honor in, in in trying to to establish uh, some uh, preventive uh, measures so so we can reach the goal. And to wrap up, do you have any final thoughts or messages for our dairy farmer listeners keen on improving their herd's health and welfare? Kasper? Yeah, I would say choose the right genetic for your for your cows uh, uh, to improve health and uh, and focus on preventing diseases. And again, reach out if there are any issues uh, you want to to have solved. Reach out for your veterinarian, your milking technicians, and and other people. Peter, they uh, should strive to have very skilled uh, farm staff. Uh, they should um, hire skilled persons or have uh, education programs. So. So it's um, so, so each person at the farm knows uh, what uh, he should uh, how how she what she he should uh, work with and and knows how to to look at the cows and know and know how to uh, to intervene when he sees something that should uh, should be uh, taken into uh, or, or a cow that should have, have extra care. So have educated um, and, and skilled personnel. That's very important. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast today. 
We've discussed how breeding for naturally healthy cows is an excellent way to improve animal welfare and optimize profits. We also examined the role of genetics and offered management tips. If you want to learn more about Viking genetics, our dairy and beef breeds, get tips and tricks for breeding and management, and much more, please visit our website, vikinggenetics.com. Huge thanks to Peter Raundal and Kasper Johansson for sharing their insights. A huge shout out to all of you out there listening. If you have an idea for a topic in the world of dairy farming and cattle breeding you would like us to focus on, please visit breedcast.com or message us on the Viking Genetics Facebook or Instagram pages. You've been listening to the Breedcast, innovative breeding in your ears. I'm your host, Tomás de la Rosa. Please join me in the next episode as we discuss the advantages of genomic sires and the merits of daughter-proven bulls with two expert cattle breeders.